And boom goes the dynamite. Welcome back, folks. It's the SoCo Sports Show. We are back to talk week two and preview week three of the 2019 NFL season. Uh, I am, of course, the co-host, Cody Michael, and I'm joined, as always, by the so-host, Seth Ott. Yes. The, S, the <laughs> S is SoCo Sports Show. There you go. Seth likes the uh, the multiple S's in the show's title. Um, we are back once again to talk football, and we're going to jump right into things because we have a lot of games to review, a lot of games to preview. Um, but before we get to any of that, we got to start with some tweets from our good pal, John Gruden. You run right by his ass! Scare him to death! Hi, I'm Chucky. Ho, 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 ho! Santa Claus is here! Huddle up! We'll talk about it here in a bit, but we know that uh, Lamar Jackson has been putting out a show the last two weeks here in the NFL. And John Gruden is clearly impressed, um, maybe comparing him to uh, what we would say a taboo artist in the uh, in, in the uh, music world. But, you know, non- nonetheless, John Gruden has has to comment. Lamar Jackson put on. Oh, maybe I should do his voice. Lamar Jackson put on a show today. I'll tell you what. I haven't seen Jackson perform like that since Michael. This game wasn't a thriller, but the Ravens are going to beat it hard, man. Wow. <laughs> They're going to beat it hard. Oh, that's <laughs> nasty. I don't know. <laughs> I think I said too- that backwards, but <laughs> hard to beat it. <laughs> oh, they're going to be hard to beat it? Yeah. Oh, that makes a little more sense. I don't know. I like beat it hard. <laughs> I-, <laughs> I like that one better. Oh, man. Ravens are beating it hard this week from uh, John Gruden. You run right by his ass! Scare him to death! Hi. I'm Chucky. Ho, 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 ho! Santa Claus is here! Huddle up! All right. That's it from him. We're going to get into last week's games with Seth's favorite sounder. Uh, let's, let's jump into it here. That just happened. That just happened. Did we win? <laughs> it stays great. Uh, Seth, let's start with last week's Thursday night football game. It was the Buccaneers and the Panthers. You and I both picked the Panthers, but the Bucks were uh, were a surprise here. They they won on the road, twenty to fourteen. Uh, Jameis Winston two hundred yards and a touchdown, no picks. Uh, pretty modest numbers in this game. Chris Godwin had a great game, eight for one twenty one and a touchdown. Um, Peyton Barber runs for eighty two yards, and then on the Panthers side, uh, Cam Newton throws for three hundred yards, um, but no touchdowns. And a very modest game for Christian McCaffrey, just 37 yards on the ground, 16 through the air. Uh, Greg Olson with a 100-yard game, though. That's good to see. Uh, These are two teams that I don't think are going to factor heavily later in the season. Uh, Panthers have been impossibly disappointing this year. I thought they'd be uh, a little tougher. certainly thought this is a game they would get. Uh, But the Buccaneers sneak up on them here. Any takeaways uh, for you from this one? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway is probably the Panthers. I don't think the the Buccaneers are a very good team, but... The, the Panthers, I, I don't know what's going on. I think Cam, I mean, it just came out today that Cam uh, was in a walking boot at practice and his status for this weekend is up in the air. So he's, I, you know, I mentioned last week that he came into the season healthy. He, it sounds like he's got a foot issue now again. And, uh, you know, it's it's not, and I think that's probably why he hasn't been running. He's been in the pocket and that that's severely reducing a, a big aspect of his game. So 
you know, I, I think it's tough because this early on in the season and Cam's already hurt. He hasn't gotten into a rhythm yet. He hasn't really gotten much rhythm with his receivers either. So, you know, it's not like he can rely on his arm like he did a few years ago when he was dealing with some foot issues. So uh, it, it's tough for them right now. They might be able to get in sync if, if Cam can get healthier, but that's the big key here, I think, is Cam needs to get healthy. Definitely. Um, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but that AFC or sorry, NFC South kind of seems a little bit up in the air right now. So we'll see if they can turn it around. Um, but in the meantime, we go to Baltimore where the Ravens hosted the Cardinals. Ravens win this game 23 to 17. They did not cover the spread, which was a big, uh, which was a big spread, 13 and a half points, uh, big sort of, uh, difference from week one when they absolutely pounded the Dolphins. Cardinals not, I think, a much better team, and the Ravens had quite a harder time with them at home. Um, for me, I'm, I'm walking back a little bit of my excitement for the Ravens that I saw last week. They do get the win here. Uh, Lamar Jackson has another good game. He goes for 272 in the air and 120 on the ground. So if you're looking for a fantasy quarterback, he's been a pretty good one. Um, Mark Andrews has been surprising as a tight end. He goes for 100 yards and a touchdown for the second straight week. And then on the Arizona side, Kyler Murray again throws for over 300 yards but cannot get the win. Um, very modest rushing numbers from Arizona too. So I think they're leaning a lot on Kyler Murray, and I don't think that's going to benefit them over the course of the season. Um, Arizona 0-1-1. Baltimore is 2-0. They're now leading what's looking like a kind of weak division in that AFC North. Um, so – to me, the Ravens are still the favorite in that division, but I don't think they're the world beaters that we thought they might have been a week ago. Do you? No, I mean, I didn't think they were a world beater then either. <laughs> so uh, it's still, and I, and I still think the jury is still out on them. I mean, and actually both these teams, but with, with Baltimore in hand, I think, that, yeah, that, that division is is very open now with, with everything that's that's gone on with injuries and things like that. Uh, Brown's kind of being underwhelming too. So, you know, I, I do believe that they're, they have to, they are the favorite of that division. Um We'll see once they start getting because they probably face two of the worst teams in the NFL, at least the two two of the worst defenses in the NFL. When it comes to the Cardinals, though, I do still think that there is a shot they could surprise some teams because they they tied the Lions last week, which the Lions this week came out and we'll talk about in a minute. But they came out and surprised the Chargers, who a lot of people had the Chargers as a, as a top ten ish team in the NFL and still are. And so, uh, you know, it's it's hard to compare, you know, that. But at the same time, I think the the Cardinals compared to last year, they they're they're miles ahead of where they were last year. They they couldn't put up ten points a game last year. So they they are looking a lot better. I like Kyle, Kyler Murray. He's made some smart decisions. He hasn't made a lot of mistakes. He threw for over three hundred yards, as you mentioned. He's making some of his receivers look really good. As you know, again, last year with with uh, Rosen, they weren't doing anything at all so I, I like the direction they're going Johnson has, has uh, the run game going they're just going to rely on their offense so if they want to do anything because that defense is atrocious they are certainly very bad uh, you spoke a second ago about the Chargers and Lions uh, the Lions win this one at home 10 uh, or sorry 13 to 10 which uh, as the picks went uh, I was on the Lions plus two and a half points you were on the Chargers so uh, I hit on this one the Lions, you know, uh, they come out. Stafford has 245, two touchdowns, but two picks as well. Uh, Kenny Galladay has a big game, but there just was not a lot going on in this ballgame. Uh, even on the Chargers side, Rivers Rivers for 293 and one pick, and nobody on that team really did much outside Keenan Allen, who had 98 yards receiving. But 
for me, you know, you talk about the Chargers and our expectations coming into the season. I, I thought they'd be a very good team. And I, I think that less now. I'm not completely jumping off of their wagon. I think they've I think they'll still be in the conversation for a wild card spot, but they need to get some stuff together. They can't be losing to the Detroit Lions if they think that they're gonna be a playoff team. Um and I don't know what's wrong with the Chargers. Uh, they've got a lot of solid players. Um, maybe, maybe you know of some injuries that I don't, but um, they just have come out flat in a way that I think a lot of teams have in this early part of the season. Um, but if you're Detroit, you know, 1-0-1, they're technically in second place in that division behind Green Bay right now. Um, are you – we talked about them as the basement of that division a week ago. Are, are you changing from that at all? I still think that they're probably. I mean, they're they're probably going to finish in last, or you know, I, maybe the Vikings. Who the fuck knows? But uh, you know, I, I don't. I, that team is is. I think they they have talent in spots, but I don't think they have everything to put it all together at this point. Um, it is a surprising win, but at the same time, the Chargers, you know, they 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 tend to do this. They they tend to play to the, to the level of their competition, and and you know, last year they they were definitely a very good team and. You know, they came on hot really late, but it's the same team as they had last year pretty much. I mean, minus Melvin Gordon, but if you look at Austin Eckler, he's putting up a lot of the similar numbers and I think even outpacing Gordon compared to this time last year. So it's I don't think it's a the, the loss of Gordon is too much. Um, I don't think that they I don't think there's any other injuries. I you know, I think their defense is still pretty intact, so uh, I don't know what their problem is at this point. Maybe Rivers is kinda losing a step, but he still threw it for almost three hundred yards. So um, we'll see on them. I, I, I'm interested to see how they go uh, for the rest of the season. Let's go to Tennessee. I was really high on Tennessee a week ago, and uh, so I picked them to win this game. You picked the Colts, and we're correct. Uh, they go into Tennessee and win 19-17 to on a big-ass 146 yards passing from Jacoby Brissett, but he had three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, so Indianapolis goes in. They win this game against a Tennessee team that I think a lot of people thought was going to be tough. This is a surprising loss to me for Tennessee. Um, they just were anemic by the looks of it on offense. Not a ton of yards here, and just the one, um, excuse me, uh, two touchdowns. One by Derrick Henry on the ground, one by Mariota through the air, and Mariota only had 154 yards passing as well. So this was a probably a very boring game to watch. I'll admit that I didn't watch it. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, the Colts are a team that we talked about being better than we expected when um, Andrew Luck, you know, sort of uh, left pretty, uh, you know, unexpectedly. Um, so is this, a t- is this a tale of two opposite teams where we thought the Colts would be bad and maybe they're better than we thought and we thought Tennessee is good, but maybe they're worse than we thought? Um, I See, I, I'm on the opposite, opposite sides of both of those. I'd I think it's even said last week. I don't think Tennessee's that great of a team. Um, I, their defense is good, fine, but that offense is bad. Um, the the Colts, I think they're they're being overrated uh, or excuse me, underrated. Uh, they they still have minus Andrew Luck. They have all the pieces there. They have a great running game. They have a great offensive line, one of the best in football, and they got a really really good defense. Uh, Brissett, same time too, has been. He's not Andrew Luck, but he's also not someone who's making a lot of mistakes. He threw three touchdowns. He's doing what he needs to do to win the game. I think the Colts are going to be a team that beat people in close close matchups this year. Sure, they're going to lose some of those close matchups that they wouldn't um, probably have, have lost with Andrew Luck, 
but Brissett's serviceable, if not even maybe uh, you know slightly above that. He you know he's again I, I think I've talked about before. People had him in you know in, in NFL offices and things like that as as the best backup in football and a guy that could start on you know ten or so NFL teams as as the starting quarterback. So. You know, I, I believe in Brissett. I believe in the Colts. I think that they're going to be a team that, you know, maybe not makes the division by any means, but again, around 500, 9 and 7, something like that, that could surprise a lot of teams and, and win the games they're supposed to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Colts and Titans both tied for first in the AFC South at 1 and 1 um, with a third team we'll talk about in just a second. I am starting to come around on these Colts, though, because you're right. The only thing they lost was Andrew Luck. So I think they're still a very good team here. Let's take a look at the Niners at the Bengals. You and I both picked the Bengals minus a point and a half, and we're shocked to find that the Niners absolutely steamrolled Cincinnati <laughs> in their own house, 41-17. to 17. And holy shit, they had uh, Garoppolo goes for 297 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, they combined for looks like about 250 yards of rushing against the Bengals, which is the first thing that I am – willing to definitively say actually the second thing the first is that the dolphins are terrible the second is that you can run on the bengals you and i could run on the bengals uh the Mm -hmm. first two weeks they've given up an ungodly amount of rushing and uh the niners you know the talk around the league is that this is the niners team that we were hoping we would see last year they're doing more creative things on offense garoppolo seems to have his feet under him now after a pretty poor uh preseason and uh, they've, they've got that offense kind of clicking in its first two games. Uh, on the side of the Bengals, though, uh, Andy Dalton goes for 300 yards, two touchdowns, but not enough to get it done because they could not run it for shit, which is tough against you know a team like the Niners that are going to control the ball. Joe Mixon playing hurt, uh, only worth 17 yards, and then Giovanni Bernard only six. So they really could not get it done here. Um, I'm willing to back off of the Bengals. I was a little bit excited about them last week. The Niners, though, as a Rams fan, uh, are a concern to me. They're 2-0, and tied with the Rams uh, for first in that division. Is this a team that you think we should be watching out for? I don't think you should be concerned about them. They've played the Bucks and the, the Bengals, so, you know, two not very good teams. Um, I, I, again, and I think this is something early on that we'll probably talk about a lot, and especially, too, with, like, something with doing with, with the betting that I've been doing. You know, it, it's for me it's kind of a wait and see on some of these teams for a little bit until they face real competition until they face a real team you know when the Niners play the Rams I don't know when they do but when they do that'll be a real test you know that that'll even the Seahawks against the Niners that'll be a test for them the Seahawks even though they're you know lost a lot of uh lost a lot of uh talent and things like that they're still you know up there in in the division I think they're 2-0 or at least 1-1 so like there's still a lot of competition for them to face and it's going to be one of those where they need to have a test first for me to say anything the Bengals I have no idea what they are uh, at this point they come out and throw for a million yards in game one and then score 17 points in game two so I don't know what to think about the Bengals Uh, I don't think they're going to be very good obviously Uh, but I I just don't know exactly where they're going to end up at the end of the year I'm looking at the total points um, for the season so far. Bengals, excuse me, a third worst at points allowed. They've allowed 62 points through the first mm-hmm. two games. So that defense is dreadful. Um, so I do not have a lot of high hopes for the Bengals this season. Uh, a team that a lot of people do have high hopes for is the Houston Texans. They got their first win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, it was just by a point, though, 13-12. to 12. 
So uh, I had picked Houston with a nine-point spread. You had the brain to pick Jacksonville, and uh, and they uh, they got the the win on the bet side, even though they didn't get the W in real life. So uh, you know, thirteen to twelve, obviously a boring game, a slow game offensively for the Houston Texans. Only one hundred and fifty-nine yards for Deshaun Watson through the air, five on the ground after a big game against the Saints. We expected more from him in this one. Um, but I think Jacksonville, people are forgetting, myself included, that they still have a very good defense, a lot of good, a mm-hmm. lot of good uh, players on that defense. So I think that's going to keep them in games. But on the offensive side, uh, Gardner Minshew, you know, he goes for 213 and a touchdown, but uh, they didn't have a ton of rushing yards, about 100 as a team. Uh, they spread the ball around. I, I think that this is a team that may figure some stuff out over the course of the season with Minshew um, and, and win some games. Um, but I don't have them as a playoff team. The Texans, though, find a way to get this win on slow offense. I, I don't know that we can take away much from this game. Yeah, this this one was a tough one, and and for me, this one, you know, in terms of of the pick'em and also with with my betting, I I, I did bet on this game last week and uh, won some money for that spread. I picked the Jacksonville the eight point spread, but uh, for me, this one, I, I just figured after their shellacking against the Chiefs for Jacksonville, I I, I figured that that defense had come come out and play like they do because they're they're an excellent defense still and they're even if they lose games it's not going to be by much i you know i I think they're going to keep these most of these spreads pretty close so with with the with the texans i did expect them to win this too um i expected them to i expected this to be a little bit more high scoring you know i didn't i I, again i thought jacksonville would keep it close but uh it does kind of worry me a little bit with with the texans uh i their defense really still isn't that good of a defense. Um, you know, they, they did give up some yards to, to Minshew on the ground and on, in the air. So, uh, you know, let, they let this rookie kid in there, come, come in there and, and not, and not make any mistakes and keep the game close the entire time. Uh, so the Texans are, are an interesting team. I think they do have enough firepower long-term to, to probably win that division, but I don't have much hope for them as a much more than a, you know, first round probably a first round knockout. Yeah, I think we're in agreement there. Uh, I hate to do this to you, but we have to go to Green Bay <laughs> and uh, the Packers win 21-16 over the Vikings. You and I did both pick the Packers, so at least you got the betting win here uh, on the two and a half point spread they did cover. This game was an interesting one. I, I, I saw a lot of this and Green Bay came out red hot and, and scored uh, 21 points in the first half. And Aaron Rodgers was looking like MVP Aaron Rodgers with some of the throws he was making. And then in the second half, absolutely screeched to a halt on mm-hmm. offense. They don't score after halftime. Minnesota, uh, they score 10 in the second quarter, 6 in the third. And I think, you know, for Minnesota, w- what I noticed in this game was that Kirk, Kirk Cousins looked bad several times. Um, Minnesota absolutely trucked. Uh, on the ground with Dalvin Cook. He had 20 carries for 154 yards and a touchdown. Two straight great games for him. I think he's certifiably a superstar running back in this league. But there were a couple plays that were bonehead moves by Cousins that ended up in really costly turnovers. The Vikings had chances to win this game and weren't able to do it. So, you know, when a game goes that way, when you know they had their chances, but, you know, they faltered at some key moments – is it a loss that concerns you for the Vikings or do you have hope for a, a solid season for them because of the way they lost this one? 
Uh, weirdly enough, I actually have a little bit more hope uh, after watching that game, just from being a Vikings fan and seeing how they normally react to these type of games. Um, once they went down 21 nothing, that's honestly, I expected it to be 28-35 nothing. I honestly didn't expect them to maybe score more than a touchdown. So for them to come back and still fight in that game until Cousins threw that pick at the end, uh, which by that time they were exhausted anyway and, and just they knew they weren't going to win. Um, but for them to fight that defense to, to you know kind of settle down and not not even allow Rodgers to score a point, but barely even get first downs uh, after halftime uh, was, was impressive. And then for them to run the ball the way they did, Dalvin Cook, with almost, he had over 150 yards rushing. Uh, he caught a bunch of balls, too. He caught three for 37. Um, he was a beast. And uh, that offensive line can block for him all day. So it, it was good to see that, that, that they were in it for fight, you know, in the game until the end. Um, they made the boneheaded call on on first and goal on the seven to, to throw it after having almost ran from the 25 down the entire field without throwing. Um, that, that was just stupid. That was a dumb play call, also a dumb throw by Cousins. So, you know, I, I think if they continue, they, they take what they what they had here, that comeback, that fight, that style of ball that they were playing from even the first game, they continue just to keep running the ball. And if Cousins only throws 15 times a game, so be it. That, that that's, that's what's worked for them so far. Um, keep doing it and let that defense, you know, keep you in games and have have that uh, have that time of possession. If they continue to do that, I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be a playoff team. If they have to keep relying on Cousins because he can't, he's making bad decisions and he's getting hit a bunch. That line cannot pass block, and that that was really the biggest thing is because it it was uh, the, the announcer said it and it was it's been something I've been saying since Cousins and Keenum were in, were in Minnesota is that when they have time to throw when when especially Cousins has time to throw like that. 70 yard pass or whatever it was to to cooks or to uh to to digs he 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 can hit every single throw he can throw a perfect dime but when he's getting pressured he is the worst quarterback in the nfl he he doesn't know what to do he doesn't know what decisions to make so um if if they just continue with that running style and that defense i think they're going to be okay uh for the packers that defense is way better than than what anyone thought they would be uh, Rodgers really doesn't need to do a whole lot at, the, at this time. He, they're running the ball pretty well, too. They're playing good defense. They're they're basically the Vikings with a better quarterback. So, uh, you know, right now it's it's uh, going to be an interesting race of that division. I think so, too. I think for for the Vikings, the formula is the, uh, the old Seahawks formula with Russell Wilson uh, mm-hmm. when he was a rookie. 15 throws, run it down their throats, play good defense. Packers, though, I think they're going to, like you said, play a similar type of ball. I'm really excited to see how this division shakes out uh, over the course of the season because I think that this is, uh, this is a Packers team that is a real threat in the NFC, um, but the Vikings are right there, and I think the Bears aren't, aren't too far behind either. So uh, NFC North, uh, we'll certainly be keeping an eye on. Let's go to the Cowboys and Redskins. This game was played in Washington. And you and I both picked the Redskins because they were getting five and a half points. Uh, but the Cowboys come in and, and put 31 on them. They win 31 to 21. Cowboys go to 2 and 0. Dak Prescott, 269 yards, three touchdowns and a pick on 26 for 30 passing. He's completing 80% of his passes this season so far. And he has something like seven touchdown passes. Uh, Elliott goes for 100 yards and a score. Um, and the leading receiver, Devin Smith, that, there's a surprise name. Um, goes for 74 yards and a score. On the side of the Redskins, Case Keenum, 220 and two touchdowns. Uh, Adrian Peterson gets the lion's share of the carries, but not really any any results to see from that. So 
this is a game I expected to be a little bit better. The Cowboys were in control for the majority of this game. Um, I don't think it was even as close as the scoreboard suggests. But, uh, Seth, for me, I'm hearing a lot of talk about Dak Prescott really cementing himself as one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Are you ready to uh, start going down that road? I wouldn't say, like, top five or anything, but he's definitely, you know, he's he's out there doing what he needs to do to win, and that's all that really matters at this point. I think the Cowboys are a team that, you know, early on people, they're not a team that people are like, you know, this is a Super Bowl contender, but they're definitely were like, this team has some promise. And I think we're going to, once we look back on the season and once we get later on in the season, I think the Cowboys are going to be, I think they're going to probably easily win this division, it, it, honestly. Uh, I think that they, they have, again, excellent running game. A good defense, a lot of weapons on their on their offense too. Not just not just Zeke, but they have uh, a Cooper, of course, and they have Michael Gallup, who I believe just got hurt recently. He might be out for a couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. um, they they got some talent here. Uh, they have Randall Cobb, uh, of course, uh, on the team. Uh, Jason Witten is still a solid red zone threat, so they have a lot of weapons on this team. This is more weapons than they've had in years past. Even that year, they went thirteen and three, and Zeke was running forty times a game. They have more weapons, and they still have the similar offensive line and a better defense. So this is a team I think is going to surprise people at the end of the year and look back and be, you know, one of the top teams in the NFL in terms of record and you know potentially a, a threat in the playoffs. Yeah, I I agree with you. The, this Cowboys team I think is is very scary. They don't have any weaknesses, really. Um, yeah. They're they're great in every facet of the game. This is this is definitely a contender in my eyes. We'll see how things go forth um, from here, but. So far, very good for the Dallas Cowboys. Let's go to the Steelers and the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks win this game 28-26. to 26. Uh, I had bet on them. You had the Steelers, um, but I had the Seahawks. They win this game. Seth, the, ba- the main story coming out of this game, Ben Roethlisberger out for the season with an elbow injury. Uh, Steelers playing some of the worst defense in football these first couple weeks. They've got weapons on this offense in James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, Mason Rudolph is going to take over at quarterback. I I don't know what to think of this Steelers team at all. I'll, I'll let you answer that question in a second. But these Seahawks, again, similar to the Cowboys, I think are a real threat in the NFC. Russell Wilson goes for 300 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, they had a variety of rushers combined for about 150 yards. And Tyler Lockett has, has really become a, a solid number one uh, receiver on that team. And they're defending well. This is this is the Seahawks that that we had, you know, when they were winning Super Bowls. But Russell Wilson is more of a veteran now. So the Seahawks, to me, are are one of the top maybe four or so teams in the NFC. To me, uh, the Steelers, though, I think are trending in the wrong direction. It might be season over for them without Roethlisberger. What do you think? Um, I don't agree with the, the Seahawks side of things. Still, I, I, I who do they have week one? Do you remember week one? Um, the C, it wasn't a great team. It was, um, Bengals. Bengals. Yeah. So they had the Bengals who are probably a bottom five team in the NFL and they had the Steelers, uh, who still put up 21 points uh, against it. And I think, again, they, I think they put up some points in in that second half with Mason Rudolph too, who was just coming off, coming off the bench. So I, that Seahawks defense and the Seahawks defense, remember they almost lost uh, to the Bengals too. Um, and, and they gave up a shitload of yards and points to the Bengals. So I, I don't, I don't think the Seahawks are going to be a top team once it comes to the end of the year. They're two and zero, but they've played some teams in some bad circumstances. 
uh, a bad team and a team that had a hurt quarterback. So, uh, and again, still almost lost without a hurt quarterback. So, uh, the the offense will still be okay. Uh, Russell Wilson is is a great quarterback. They have a good running game, some good young receivers with Lockett and Metcalf. But I think that defense is not good at all, and I think they're go- they're going to lose games based off that defense. The Steelers. Yeah, I mean they're 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 not going to win that division at this point. Mason Rudolph could surprise people. Maybe he's a young guy. He's got James Washington, who he played uh, with in college, uh, I believe at Oklahoma State, and they they have a connection. So you know maybe they they spark something on offense of that. It was Juju as well. Um, you know we'll see. Uh, but that the I don't have a lot of hope for them. So yeah, we shall see. Uh, we'll see who's right on the Seahawks. Uh, I'm hopeful that you're right because I don't want the Rams to have to compete with them. Um, and I just, uh, I'm about to buy myself a ticket to go see the Rams play them in LA in December. So hopefully they stink, but, um, we shall see. Speaking of teams that stink, <laughs> the New York Giants fell to 0 2, uh, after a loss to the Buffalo Bills in New York. Uh, you had the presence of mind to choose the Bills in this game. I had picked New York. Um, I'll never pick them again. This team is bad, Seth. Um, Eli Manning was terrible in this game. Two picks. Uh, Saquon Barkley's the lone bright spot. He's going to get you your fantasy points if you're playing that, but this is a team that's not going to win many games to me. They defended poorly. Uh, Josh Allen lit him up, 250 yards and a touchdown on the air, and then um, added 20 yards on the ground. Frank Gore gets him for 68 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the Giants, I don't even care to speak much about. I think they're trash. Um, and um, But the Bills, though, uh, what's your level of belief in the Bills? I know that they've played both New York teams who are not very good, but there's a lot of buzz around this Bills team right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I, again, they're, they're another team where it's kind of like they need to play a real team. They're a team, though, like out of the teams I've mentioned that, where they, they need to play you know an actual team that I have more, more confidence in just because of what I've seen out of them. Uh, their defense, even through all the offensive struggles they've had, their defense is really good. It's a very solid defense. And they have some stars. They have Tredavious White, who's one of the top probably two or three corners in the NFL. So you know every week that they play, uh, you know you're, they're going to shut down the best receiver that they have that the other team has. So that that that's kind of an equalizer in, in some aspects, depending on the team. Um, the running game is strong. I know they just potentially have lost Devin Singletary. Frank Gore is is uh, is still solid at his 55 year old age. Uh, and Josh Allen has, he's not only got the legs like he had last year, but he's starting to show some arm talent. So uh, they got good receipt. They have a, they have upgraded the receiving core from last year. They got John Brown, who's, who's playing super well. Uh, they're a team that I think, again, could surprise some people, but I, I still want to see a few more games with some real teams before I say that, before I, you know, I say anything about them, uh, you know, solid. But, you know, even last year, the last, uh, like week 12 on, uh, they were they were playing tough against some some teams, uh, and that was with the rookie at the time. So um, I, I'm interested to see. My my ears are perked at the at the Bills. Yeah, the Giants. I'm not going to say anything else about them. I know they're starting Jan- Daniel Jones next week. Maybe that that lights a spark under them. Eli Manning's I guess career is done, or let's see what happens with him. But um, not a lot of hope with the with the Giants at this point. No. Uh, speaking of no hope, Miami Dolphins are are so bad. Uh, <laughs> They lose 43-0 to zero against the New England Patriots. Um, I, I took the Patriots uh, minus 18 points and, and got this bet. You had the Dolphins. Uh, can't blame me for taking that spread. This <laughs> Dolphins team is so fucking bad. Uh, again, I don't even want to talk about the Dolphins. They're terrible. This Patriots team, though, Seth, uh, I know 
that this was the Dolphins, and I know last week was Pittsburgh, but this to me is a terrifying Patriots team. Uh, Tom Brady's playing as good as he ever has, 264 yards, two touchdowns in this. He's now got a serious deep threat in Antonio Brown, who caught his first touchdown this week. Uh, Sony Michelle leads the way on the ground with 85 yards and a score, and this defense has allowed three points this season. And going back to the AFC Championship from last season, they've allowed six points total in their last three games, including mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. They haven't allowed a touchdown since January. Yeah. Um, this Patriots defense is very scary, and I think this makes the Patriots – I don't think it's close. I think they're the best team in football, and I think they're a serious threat. I know this is this is early in the season to say this. I think a perfect season is something that they are going to be trying for this year. Um, I, I don't know if they quite have what they did that, that year to do that, um, that, that they actually did do the per, their perfect regular season. But I, I do, you know, I do believe that they, they are the, the easily by far and away the Super Bowl can Super Bowl, uh, you know, potent winners, uh, like potential winners in my mind, contenders at this point. So, uh, yeah, you mentioned the, you mentioned the defense. I just mentioned Travis White is one of the top, uh, two or three corners in the NFL. I think right now, Stefan Gilmore is probably the best. Uh, he, he has shut down absolutely everyone. Like you said, they haven't given up a touchdown uh, in, in quite some time. And uh, they, they're, they, they've, they've, the thing that's different about the Patriots' defense from years past is that the last two or three years, uh, the Patriots have been a team that have given up boatloads, boatloads of yards and points in the first five or six games. It takes them a bit to figure things out. For whatever reason this year, maybe it's no Matt Patricia anymore or what, but they are they, – they, they, are unstoppable on defense you know they, they are stopping everyone so it's an interesting team and just, just on defensive side but now with all the weapons tom brady has for now uh it, it's it, it's scary uh tom brady again is playing like he like he always has so yeah they're clearly the favorite the dolphins yeah they're 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 a dumpster fire going straight down the middle of the street uh and everybody <laughs> needs to look out because they are terrible so <laughs> yeah don't let the dolphins get any dolphins on you because uh, they are dreadful. Maybe maybe the top threat to the Patriots in the AFC is the Kansas City Chiefs. They win 28-10 to in Oakland. Um, and we both picked Oakland because they were getting nine points at home. Um, but uh, they were not able to cover the spread. All the scoring in this game was done in the first half, Seth. Oakland goes up 10-0 in the first quarter. And KC and Patrick Mahomes come storming back in the second quarter. Mahomes finishes with 400 yards and four touchdowns again. Uh, LaShawn McCoy did not do much. This whole team didn't do much on the ground. Um, But here's a shocker. Demarcus Robinson, you ever heard of that guy? Six (laughs) catches, 172 yards, two touchdowns, which was really awesome because I played Sammy Watkins in my fantasy team uh, (laughs) this week. But um, And lost to me. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. I don't think, uh, you know, with Oakland, again, I I still think, like we said last week, I think they're a middle-of-the-road team trying to get to 500. Um, I don't know that we learned much about them here, but Casey, in case you didn't know, Patrick Mahomes is a superstar, and they're going to win most games when he plays. This, My opinion of neither team changed this week. Yeah. I Do you think, like, Patrick Mahomes, like, once he steps on the field, he just, like, he, he probably just like he probably his heartbeat probably stays exactly the same he's probably just out there like yep and flicks his wrist and some like every time he throws a ball it's complete or it's a touchdown like I, I don't understand that guy probably has no care in the world he's just out there just basically this is like me going to fucking type on a keyboard all day for him it's just like nothing he has no worries at all like i don't understand how that guy can do what he does but um 
yeah the the chiefs are yeah the 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 number two contender i can't wait for for uh the patriots and the chiefs to play again that's going to be just a shitload of fun to watch and uh yeah i don't think there's anything else you can say about them the raiders like you said, I think they're going to be a middle of their own team. They're going to pl- they're probably going to surprise a few teams that they should beat, maybe lose to a few teams they shouldn't. Um, you know, we'll we'll see how how they end up. But I think they're bet they're they're clearly a better team than last year, though. I think at this point. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, someone who's not a better team than last year is New Orleans Saints, and there's a few reasons for that. But they go into L.A. and lose nine to twenty-seven. The Rams cover the spread. You picked against them like an idiot. Um, but uh, but I had the Rams winning in this one. Uh, the main story coming out of this game, Seth, is that Drew Brees goes down in the first quarter with an injury. He's going to miss about six weeks. So Teddy Bridgewater comes in in this game and was not terrible. He didn't make a lot of mis- mistakes in the way of turnovers, but just looked weak and slow and like he wasn't ready. Now, anytime you come in in the middle of a game, that's bound to happen, but – uh, I think there's real concern for the Saints team uh, over the next six games. We'll see what they do. For the Rams, uh, Goff has 283 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Gurley adds 63 yards and a score. And uh, they spread it around nicely. Cooper Cup goes for 120 yards. Uh, Cooks and Woods getting involved as well. I think this Rams team is still not playing its best football. They were a little sloppy, a lot of penalties in this game on both teams. Um, but for the Rams to get to 2-0 and on two games that, just based on my eye test, they, they still seem slow. Remember, these guys don't play in the preseason, so I think they're still getting warmed up. Their best football is ahead of them, so I think they're fortunate to be 2-0. and Good position to be in. Uh, but for the Saints, they're now 1-1 and without Drew Brees for a few weeks. You've seen Teddy Bridgewater more than the average person because of his time with the Vikings. What do you think he's going to bring to this team, and do you think they have a, a severe drop-off of their season-long hopes? I think that they... I think it's obviously a step down from, from Drew Brees. I mean, that that's clear and obvious. Most quarterbacks would be. Um, I, I do think that, though, he'll be... The thing that he did best in Minnesota was that he didn't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, he he they he was able to keep the ball in his hands. He was able to not throw a lot of interceptions. Um, he's very he's an ac- very accurate quarterback, especially that mid range. So I think you'll see a lot of uh, short dump offs, some um, some mid, you know middle of the field type of plays. Michael Thomas will be perfect for that because he uh, he he's a great possession guy. Uh, no matter where you put the ball, he can probably grab it as long as it's within his range of uh, of uh, the range of his arms. But um, you know, the, it, it's it's definitely not going to be as high powered of an offense. They're going to have to rely on their defense and run game more. I think you'll see a lot more of Latavius Murray, uh, maybe some more Jared Cook in the middle of the field, some guys like that. I think they're going to have to adjust their offense a little bit uh, to play more of the possession and and uh, uh, clock management type game. But I think they'll be okay. I you know, again, I don't think they'll be. Uh, a top two, three, four, five team that the, a lot of people have them as uh, as a result, but uh, I think they'll be at least an okay team. They'll 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 beat some teams. They'll they'll probably win the games that they should, uh, at least until Breeze gets back. And I think that said at minimum it'll be six weeks. So we'll see we'll see how that recovery process goes for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think their hope is to you know get go three and three or four and two uh, over these next six games and keep them in position to compete in the second half of the year when they get Breeze back. So um, we'll keep an eye on his injury. Uh, for now, though, let's go to Denver, where the Broncos lost in thrilling fashion to the Bears 14-16. to And 
in this game. You and I both picked the Bears. We were worried for about a minute there um, because the <laughs> the Denver took the lead by a point in the final minute, and the Bears were able to squeak out uh, a 52-yard field goal to win it at the end, which for Bears fans has to feel good because they've had really unreliable <laughs> kicking for a while now. But, you know, despite that, uh, you know, the Broncos fall to 0-2. I don't have much to say about that team. Uh, Flacco throws 50 times in this game, which I don't think is a recipe for them winning. Um, but on the Bears' side, this is a team, you know, with playoff aspirations. Mitch Trubisky, only 120 yards passing in this game. Uh, they were able to run the ball effectively, which which gives you hope here. And they're able to squeak out the victory and get to 1-1. One and one. But I think this Bears' offense has a lot of growth it's going to need to do to compete, even though they have a great defense, they're going to need to score more than 16 points to win most of their games, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it, I think their offense took a step back, honestly, from last year. Uh, they And I know they played some tougher defenses in the Packers and the Broncos. I, I think both of those defenses are going to be a top 10, 15 defense uh, by the end of the year. Broncos probably closer to top in the top 10. Um, you know, they, they just continue to, to play really good defense, but uh, the Bears do need to figure something out on offense because they, they can't get the run game going. The, the Trubisky has just been god-awful. And, you know, I've never really liked him as a quarterback to begin with, but, you know, the, this is, what, third year now, I believe, and, and he's not showing much promise. By, by this point, you should be – you really know what a quarterback is in their third year, and it's, it's hard to tell what Trubisky is right now. So – um, I, I don't have a ton of hope for that offense. We'll see maybe if they get it going. But someone made a good point on something I heard today that Matt Matt Nagy, who's their their um, play caller and their head coach, only called plays for one year uh, under Andy Reid, and that's kind of what got him the job. And he, you know, so so Andy Reid, the whole the, all, all the other time that Nagy was there was calling the plays, and so you know, it's one year of experience as as a as a as really the the head offensive guy may not be a whole a whole lot to, uh, to to build a resume off of and, and really prove that you can be a, a great coach. So, um, you know, they definitely turn – he turned some things around in Chicago, but, you know, it could either be him or it could be Trubisky. Who knows uh, who, who really the, the fault is here. So they're, they're a team that is, is one to watch. You know, maybe they do take a big step back, especially with – uh, I mean, this happened with the Vikings uh, when they went to the NFC Championship the next year. They, you know, last year they they didn't even end up at at 500. So uh, because of that record, so you know, it, it's going to be something to watch for the Bears. Do they take that big step back like they they possibly could? Um, the Broncos, yeah, the, their defense their defense is going to probably keep them close in a lot of games, but that offense uh, is 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 tough. It's, it's Flacco's 35 and not like you said, 50, throwing 50 times a game is not good. I do want to give a, a shout out though to Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he he tore his Achilles in December. It hasn't even been a year yet, and he's he's uh, he had 11 catches for almost 100 yards on Sunday, and he had an, I think he had over 100 yards of the week before. So that dude for tearing his Achilles, which is normally like a year and a half injury, uh, for to come back in less than a year and and kill it already. That's pretty awesome. And he's 32, I think. So hmm. that's even more impressive. That that guy's awesome. Sanders has been so reliable for his entire career. Uh, good to see him back on the field contributing for sure. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Atlanta. The Falcons get to 1-1 one and one by beating the Philadelphia Eagles 24-20. to 20. You and I both had the Eagles in this game, uh, but the Falcons get the job done. Uh, Seth, they needed to get back on track after their loss week one, and they did just that. Uh, they spread 24 points over the course of the game. 
um, for Matt Ryan. He goes for 320 and three touchdowns. He did have three picks, which you don't like to see, but they were not getting much from the run game, so he really had to throw it around a lot. Uh, Carson Wentz, a bit of a down game, 230 yards, a touchdown, but two picks, so a lot of turnovers in this game. And uh, Eagles, not a lot of rushing either. So uh, big thing for the Eagles, two wide receivers go down in this one. Um, Alshon Jeffrey and uh, help me out with the second one. Uh, for oh, Deshaun Jackson. Um, oh, he's yeah. the second guy. So both those guys go down in this game. So probably tough for Wentz to find receivers here. But uh, Eagles, Falcons, I think two teams with similar aspirations. I think they both believe they can contend for their division um, and be playoff teams. But in a pretty good Sunday night matchup, uh, the Falcons got it done here. Are you feeling better about them than you did last week? I still don't know yet. Uh, it's because I don't know what I feel about the Eagles either. So they're they're teams to me that uh, are going to be, you know, in the in the middle of the pack in the in the NFC, maybe fighting for for a wild card spot. Uh, I, you know, I think both teams have glaring weaknesses. Uh, the glaring weakness entirely for the for the Falcons is their entire defense. Uh, their defense is pretty bad. Um, and the the Eagles to me it's uh, they're they, I don't I don't know if they can figure out their run game they have like three different running backs that they go with and also their their secondary is absolutely atrocious they've been exploited uh, in these first couple of games by the Redskins in the first game and then obviously by the more talented uh, Falcons so you know the, this'll, uh, this will this will be they'll, they'll both be teams that uh, again I think they'll be in the middle of the pack fighting for spots they could even potentially both be the the wild card teams by the end of the year uh, but you know, it's hard to say exactly where I see them shaking up just because they have big weaknesses, and, and I don't think anything was really solved by watching the game last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Calvin Ridley. He's the young guy, uh, second wide receiver for the Falcons. He goes for 105 yards and then 106 yards for Julio Jones, who had the game-winning touchdown. I think one of the really tough one-two punches uh, in terms of wide receivers in the in the league. So we'll see what Atlanta does going forward. Our last game of the week, Monday Night Football, had the Cleveland Browns against the New York Jets. You and I both picked the Browns, as did all of America, uh, mostly because Sam Darnold was out of this game. The Browns win it, but did not look good uh, just by the eye test in this game. You do have Baker go for 325 and a score. Uh, Nick Chubb adds adds 62 yards and a touchdown. Odell Beckham Jr. has a huge game, a couple sick-ass catches for um, 160 yards and a touchdown. So you love to see him uh, getting the connection with Baker. Seth, they get the win here over the Jets, but, you know, last week I was pretty down on the Browns. I'm not stepping back from that quite yet, especially because they've got a pretty tough team coming into town this weekend. But, uh, (laughs) you know, with the Browns, you know, you get more out of Baker in this game. Not as many turnovers. You know, they ran the ball well. Odell Beckham seems like a factor. Are they trending upwards? Um, yes and no. Uh, this Again, this one was with with both uh, you know, Darnold not playing and then Simeon getting hurt, and I think in the first quarter, uh, this one was over before it started. And the Jets aren't a good team to begin with. Now, they do have a good defense. So, I you know, the, for the Browns to uh, score 23 on, on a pretty damn good defense, uh, with some good stars on it, C.J. Mosley uh, being most notable. You know, I think that I think that is kind of impressive, and especially getting that connection going because that's what was missing week one for the Browns was that Odell and and uh, and and uh, why am I blanking out his name? Baker, uh, Odell and Baker connection that that wasn't there at all really week one, and for it to really come in in this week and 
and really show that they're starting to, to connect more. I think that that's very positive. Uh, you know, Nick Chubb, a guy who had 100 yards in every game he started last season, uh, he still hasn't had 100 yards yet this season and hasn't really had a ton of work. He's had some tough fronts he's faced too, though. So, you know, we'll see if he gets going. But, you know, I think I think that the, they'll, they'll probably put up more points this week uh, just because I think that that's going to be kind of the flow of the game as both the, the Rams and the and the Browns do have more fast pace. But, you know, I don't give them much of a shot. So uh, we'll see how the Browns end up. Yeah, I mean, at the Jets, they are about as much of a dumpster fire right now as uh, the Dolphins. But Darnold is set to come back in some amount of weeks. So maybe they, you know, f- fight to at least kind of get back to mediocrity at some point. Yeah, I, I see them getting to maybe five wins if Darnold gets back in a reasonable amount of time. Uh, of note, Le'Veon Bell touches the ball 31 times in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he totals 129 yards, which was most of their offense, but you got to think that they have to reel that back or this guy's going to get hurt uh, for, yeah. for really no good reason. Yep, yeah, he, they, they have to, to figure it out. But same time, you're paying him a, a bunch of money. You kind of want to use him too, so that it is, is what it is. That is true. All right, well, that's going to do it for for this week's uh, game recap. That was week two in the NFL. That just happened. That just happened. Did we win? We turn now to week three. A lot of exciting games coming up this week with some tough betting lines, so I'm excited to see uh, what picks that you're making, Seth. Let's let's look forward to to week number three. It's coming right for us! I forgot that was the sounder for that one. I like that one. Uh, let's start with Thursday night football. We have uh, Jacksonville hosting the Tennessee Titans. This is a game that I will not be watching, uh, but Jacksonville is getting one and a half points. I'm going to take them in this game. Uh, what I saw from Tennessee was was enough to scare me off of this team, uh, at least for a week. So give me Jacksonville at home. Uh, I'm going to go with the Titans on this one. Uh, the point and a half spread isn't really much for me. It's kind of a wash at that point. So, um, you know, I, I think that the Titans are just a little bit more of a talented team than the Jaguars are. The Jaguars did, of course, of course keep it close with the Texans. But, uh, you know, just for me, give me the little bit more experienced quarterback and, and the uh, and the better run game, I think, overall. So I'm going to go with the Titans on this one because they are pretty similar, similar, similar teams in structure. I dig it. Um, let's go to Indianapolis. The Colts are hosting the Falcons. Colts are the favorites here by two and a half points. This is an interesting game for me. I actually just switched my pick, and I'm going to take the Colts at home. Uh, I think that terrible Falcons defense is scaring me a little bit. I think Brissett gets it together, has a solid game, and that Colts team can defend. So uh, give me the Colts at home. Um, this one's hard for me too. Uh, again, I'm not much of a Falcons believer, but I think I'm going to go with them in this one. I, I think this is a, a, I know it's again, early on and, and kind of weird to say this, but I think this is a big one, uh, for both these teams. Both teams are one and one at this point. And I think the more, the more hopeful team in terms of the postseason is probably the Falcons. I think they're going to need this more when it comes towards the end of the year. So I think they're, I think they're going to be fighting for this one. Certainly a good game. One that I, uh, I may try to catch on TV if it's on. Um, the Bills are hosting the Bengals. Get this, Seth. The Bills are touchdown favorites here. The line is six and a half, and I say eat the points. Give me the Bills at home. I think they're just going to run ramshot over this terrible, terrible Bengals defense. Um, I don't know that it'll be a terribly high-scoring game, maybe a 30-21 to 21 or so affair, but uh, I-, I think the Bills are going to cover here. What say you? I agree. All right. I like it. You a believer in, in uh, Josh Allen? 
I think yeah, I, I do. I, I think there's some promise with him. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that ends up. But I, I like this. I like the, the 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 six and a half spread there for the Bills. I dig it. Here's a tough one: the Cowboys minus twenty one and a half points against the historically terrible Miami Dolphins. Uh, no drama here, Seth. Eat the points. I think the Cowboys cover this at home. Um, no one has defended the Cowboys yet. I think it continues. Dak is going to have a huge monster game. Uh, I think this is like a thirty-five nothing game here. Um, are, are you going to are you going to take three touchdowns in the Dolphins, or are you sticking with the Cowboys? I am. I'm going to take three early Ezekiel Elliott uh, sixty-five yard touchdowns uh, on the ground, and then one in the air. So. Uh, <laughs> Zeke, of course, on Seth's fantasy team uh, is why he says that. Uh, you got any Packers on your fantasy team? I do not. Well, they are hosting the Denver Broncos. Packers are favored by seven and a half points. It's a little bit of a tricky line. They need to win by more than a touchdown. I think they're going to do that. I think this is a game where the Packers are really going to assert their dominance. That offense, I think, is starting to figure itself out. I think they'll put together a complete game here and win by 10 or so against Denver. Yeah, I hate I hate to do it, but I think I agree with you on this one. Uh, I think that, uh, that that offense is pretty potent, and I think that the, uh, the, the the Broncos again do have a really good defense, but on the road this week, I think it's going to be a little tough. So uh, I'm going to go with the Packers. All right, the Philadelphia Eagles host Detroit. Eagles are uh, touchdown favorites, six and a half point spread. I honestly, dude, I just went with my gut. I have a weird feeling about this game. I, I say Detroit. I don't know if they're going to win it, but I, I don't think they lose by a touchdown. I, I again, I agree with you. I think uh, again, the, where you attack the Eagles is uh, through the air, especially in the secondary, the 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 um, deep part of the secondary. Uh, and I think Galladay has proven in the last two games that he is a, a massive deep threat. I think if they get a couple of of uh, big plays to Galladay and uh, can kind of maybe it's going to be tough to get the run game going against the Eagles because they I think they've given up like 27 yards total this season on the ground. It's like nothing. Uh, so it's, they're they're a really good run defense. But, uh, you know, they're going to attack them through the air. Hawkinson, I think, will be a big factor in the middle of the field. Again, Galladay. So uh, and the Lions defense has played really good, too. They have Slay and Snacks Harrison. They're a good team uh, on defense. So, you know what? Give me, give me the give me the Lions. I wouldn't even be surprised if they won it straight up, to be honest. I like it. I like it. Let's go to Kansas City. The Chiefs host the Ravens, and early, uh, maybe maybe one of the best matchups we've seen, at least on the AFC side so far this season. Two two teams that I think are bound for the playoffs. We're gonna find out what the Ravens are made of in this game, but they are uh, not the favorites. Chiefs are favored by six and a half points in this one. A tricky spread. I think the Chiefs will win this game. The question is, will they cover? I say yes. I think the Chiefs mm-hmm. win. By about eight points. Uh, what do you think? Are the Ravens going to be going to stay close in this one? I uh, yes, I believe that the 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 Chiefs will win by at least a touchdown here. I think they'll probably win by more. I think, like I said, this is the first. Uh, the other two games the Ravens have played have really been not much in terms of competition. This is the first competition they're really getting, and it's some pretty good competition. Like I said, probably <laughs> the second best team uh, in the AFC. So I, I think that the Ravens are brought back down to earth a little bit in this game, uh, and people realize that maybe they're not as good as their own thought. So mm-hmm. I'm going with the Chiefs on this one. That one's going to be on a lot of people's uh, CBS stations, um, probably one of the more marquee matchups this week. Let's go to Minnesota where your Vikings are 7.5-point favorites over the Oakland Raiders. It's a big spread. I say they'll mm-hmm. cover, Seth. You rarely have t- faith in your Vikings. Do you think they beat the Raiders by 8 this week? No, because they <laughs> – What? what it, like, because, duh, No. <laughs> 
<laughs> no. Well, here's the thing about this one, though, is when do they ever win by more than a touchdown unless it's for whatever reason against the Falcons? Like, they play uh, defensive football and they run the ball a lot. That doesn't usually equate to more than a touchdown win. So, um, yeah, I, I think that I think in the Raiders, again, are, are a pretty decent team. So I'm going to I'm going to go with, you know, maybe the Vikings win, but I'm going to go with the Raiders covering the spread. OK, I dig it. I I have more faith in the Vikes than you. Uh, I think it, I, I, I get your was, point. We'll see what the game flow does. But that's just uh, too big of a spread. That is way too big of a spread. If, if the spread was like three or four. OK, then that's that's maybe a little different. But uh, yeah, that, that's too big of a spread for the Vikings. I, I get it. I get it. Bet the number, not the team. That's a smart. Uh, that's a smart man right there. The Patriots. Speaking of betting the number, giving up twenty-two and a half points against the New York Jets. Uh, some big ass spreads this week. And damn it, Seth, I think they're going to cover it. Uh, eat eat the yeah. points. I'm taking New England at home. Yeah, Luke Falk versus Tom Brady. Uh, the matchup of the century. I, I think I'm going to take Luke Falk on this one. No, I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to cover the points here. I think that the the Patriots uh, will beat them by at least uh, 22 and a half. Yeah, I, I think w- you know with some teams you would think, oh no way they run it up past 21. Tough to get 22 and a half. Uh, Patriots never take their foot off the pedal. Uh, they they do not pull starters in the third when they're up 30 points. So uh, I think they're going to totally squish the New York Jets here. The other New York team, the Giants, are going to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is favored by six and a half points. Uh, this was another one of those weird gut calls. You have Daniel Jones starting at quarterback for the first time on the Giants. I think he's going to give them a boost, and I think this team <laughs> finds a way, uh, even if they don't win, to keep this close. I'm taking the Giants plus six and a half. I I have the same thing. I was thinking the same <laughs> thing about Daniel Jones. I mean, Daniel Jones did light it up in the preseason. I know that's preseason, whatever. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's a, an amazing quarterback. I probably wasn't even a first-round quarterback, but does he bring something different uh, to that offense than, than Eli does? Yeah, probably. So you, maybe we see them. It's early on in the season. Maybe they get a, a little bit of an uplift here. Um, you know, do they win? Maybe, maybe not, but I think they at least keep it close with the Bucks, and the Bucks are a bad team, so mm. we'll see. Yeah, we've agreed on several of these. We'll see if we agree on this next one. Uh, Arizona hosts the Panthers. Arizona's getting two and a half points here. This is an interesting game because while I think Carolina is the better team, I think Arizona's starting to figure some things out, and they're at home here. I think Kyler Murray gets his first win in a game that's like 14 to 10 or so. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith that Carolina's going to figure this offense thing out, even though I know Arizona's defense is bad. Do you think it's do you think it's so bad that Carolina's going to run them over here? No, I, I actually think the Cardinals win. I don't think Cam plays. I think Cam is. I think Cam, and if he does play, I think it's going to be bad. I, I think they might even be better off without him. But the quarterback situation is very grim right now. Um, I think that this is a game that the Cardinals win, and I think they win by a little, maybe a, a ten point or so margin. I think I think they have this one in hand pretty early. All right. Teddy Bridgewater takes his Saints to Seattle where they are five-and-a-half-point dogs against the Seahawks. Um, now, I know there are still a lot of good players on New Orleans, uh, but here's a stat that someone mentioned to me today. I heard on a radio show. Um, since, like, week 13 of last season, uh, New Orleans is in the bottom half, even with Breeze, are in the bottom half of the league in terms of passing and rushing and scoring. This is not the offense that it was 12 months ago. And I think with Bridgewater, it's certainly not uh, anywhere close to that same offense. Seattle, I think, runs the ball and controls the clock in this one. And I think they win by a touchdown. So give me the Seahawks. 
Yeah, I agree with this one just because of uh, the whole, you know, Teddy's first week and on the road. I think I think it's going to be, you know, I think he'll be better. I think this will be close for the most part. But, yeah, I agree. I think that the, the five-and-a-half-point spread is favorable for the, the Seahawks in this one. So I'm going with the Seahawks. Another backup quarterback. Uh, I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Rudolph uh, for the Steelers. Uh, he takes Mason. his team. Mason Rudolph takes his team to San Francisco to play the Niners. Niners are uh, favorites here by six and a half points. I say eat them. I like what I've seen out of this Niners team. The Steelers are not defending anybody at this point. And, um, you know, even though Rudolph, I think, is in a good position to do well here with some serious weapons on offense, uh, I think that the Niners will do enough defensively uh, to secure a touchdown victory for themselves. What What do you think? I agree on this one, too. It's it's too unknown with Mason Rudolph at this point, and the Niners are kind of on a bit of a hot streak offensively. So uh, and if there's one place to attack the Steelers, uh, it is in the air. Again, they're, they're, a, they're a run defense that has not – I don't think they've given up a total of 100 yards this season either So um, through, throughout the two games, so that's total. So, you know, they're, they're running-wise, I think it's going to be tough sledding for, for the Niners, but – uh, they're going to attack him through the air. They have a, a ton of ton of young receivers, along with Greg, uh, Greg George Kittle. Um, so I, I think that they're they're going to they're going to be fine through the air that day and and put up some number, put up some points on uh, on the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Potentially a big game for Jimmy Garoppolo here if you're looking for a fantasy player. Um, going to L.A., the Chargers host the Texans. Chargers are favored by three and a half points, which is a weird line to me. I'm I I don't know. This is a strange game. But for whatever reason, I have faith, and I always do. You you remember this going back five plus years in the Chargers. I think they get it figured out here and and win by uh, you know five, six, seven points here. I think I think they'll cover this spread at home against the Texans. I'm gonna go Texans in this one. Uh, the Chargers have not impressed me this year. Uh, you know they they've well, again lost to the to the to the Lions last last week. Uh, the Texans have pulled up a tough victory against. Uh, the Jaguars. I think that they're they're going to show a little bit more in offense this week. Uh, I think they they win by by over a field goal. Let's take a look at Cleveland. This is your Sunday night football Rams. game. The Browns host <laughs> the Rams, and I love this game because it it's the Rams that finally get to shut up the Cleveland Browns. They've been talking about how they're a big threat, you know, all this stuff. Now in prime time, I think LA comes in and embarrasses this team. They're giving up uh, two and a half points. I don't think this game is very close. Um, the Rams are starting to figure out their offense. Sure, maybe Beckham has a huge game, but uh, I think the Rams win this one going away, even though it's in Cleveland, and uh, all the all the Cleveland Browns people are going to start wondering if, if the, their team is as good as they thought. Uh, give me the Rams here. It sounds like you agree. Yeah, give me the Rams. I don't know if it'll be an embarrassment necessarily, but I think it'll be a, a pretty handily victory. Again, probably like it has been for the Rams. Um, well, I know. I guess week one they were pretty close to the Panthers, but last week they, you know, had it. They they were up, you know, twenty by up by 10, 15, 20 points. So same thing here. I think they'll probably win like you know the twenty one ten something like that. Mm-hmm. Smart man to be more uh, more moderate. I like to be super adamant so that when I'm wrong, I look stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Last game, Monday Night Football, Washington Redskins host the Chicago Bears. Washington is getting four and a half points in this game. I'm going to take those points. I think even if Chicago <laughs> wins this game, and I think they will, I think it's close. 10-13, uh, 13-17, mm-hmm. uh, those are both games where the four and a half will, will get us the win. Uh, give me the Redskins. I, I say they lose this game, 13-17, uh, but those four and a half points are too much to give up for me. Yep, I, I once again I agree with you on this one. I think that 
I think that that's a pretty big spread for a team that doesn't put up a lot of points and for two teams that that play more defensive uh, time possession type football to a game uh, uh, just possession football <laughs> I guess that you know both these teams like to run the ball and and uh, play good defense so uh, give me give me the Redskins in a low scoring game uh, the the points anyway they actually I might even see them potentially winning this uh, with, with how close the Bears have played this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we shall see. Those are your week three games. If you want to play pigskin, pick them along with us. Hit the link in the description box, and you can stack your picks right up against Seth and I. And uh, if you do so and you beat us, we'll give you a shout out, maybe a prize uh, from uh, from the So and Coho. So we'd love to see uh, some active pickers on there. Hit the link if you want to participate. But for now, that's going to do it for our week three preview. It's coming right for us. <laughs> For now, before we wrap up the show, a couple couple things left here. Uh, Seth, last week you had your daily fantasy picks of the week, uh, but from the sound of it, you're not you're not actually getting to play daily fantasy yet in Iowa. The infrastructure is not there yet, so we're gonna switch it up a bit this week, and and we're gonna have uh, I don't know what we call this. Maybe it's Seth's picks, uh, and these are gonna be your top bets. Seth's of the week. bets. Seth's bets. These are your surefire wins of the week. If people want to go out there and make some money. We decided to keep the sounder. It says pick, pick, pick you. (laughs) It's a a tricky week here. I know we talked before the show, a lot of of weird lines, a lot of tough bets. What were the ones that you thought you were pretty confident in? Um, Well, actually, I just want to go real quick last week because uh, I had a really good week of betting last week. Um, I went... uh, I went six for seven, so I'll just go over what I went when I what I did. So um, start with uh, the early games on Sunday. I picked the Colts and Titans to go under forty four points total. Uh, they ended up it was nineteen seventeen final score. I picked the Jaguars like we talked about to cover the eight and a half point spread. Um, they did that. Uh, I picked the Colts straight up as a winner uh, last week, like I did in the Pick'em. They of course won that game. Uh, the one that I lost was the Bengals minus one and a half. That was, I lost that by a lot. Um, the, I picked under 44 and a half for the bills and giants. Uh, that was 28, 14 with the final. And then Monday night, I picked both, uh, I picked on the, the Browns jets game, uh, under 45 points total. That was 23, three for the final. And I picked the Browns to win, uh, the minus seven spread. So, um, had a really good week. I doubled my bets. So that was pretty cool. Nice. A little um, extra cheese in the pocket for this week. So who are you putting all that, uh, extra money on? Yeah, so this week, this one is a lot tougher uh, this week. There's, there's like we just talked about, there's a lot of weird stuff up in the air, uh, and that in turn causes a lot of like the over-unders and spreads to be difficult to uh, difficult to kind of to, to bet. But some ones I like early on so far, and again, th- these probably won't be final, but uh, spreads change a lot through the week. Of course, players come in and out and get hurt, things like that. And uh, so I'll let everyone know next week what my final bets were. Um, but for now, some ones that I do like, uh, the over under on the Titans Jaguars game is 39 and a half. Like we talked about, both these teams don't score many points. They play really good defense. This is one I could see being a 10, three final or 13, three final, something like that. Uh, so I, I, uh, I like the under for that one. Uh, not much here for the Packers and Broncos. It's a minus eight on this website, uh, for, for the spread there oh, over under 42, that that one just feels weird to me because that could be a game where Green Bay scores 35 points and Denver scores 10. So you know you, you could see that spread the the over under being met, um, but it also could be a really close game too. So too much too wide range of outcomes for me. Um, the Lions and Eagles again weird range of outcomes for that one. Could be a bunch of points. Could not be a, a lot. Uh, the over under is 47 on that one and a minus seven for the Eagles. I don't feel good at that. 
Uh, I'm definitely staying away from the Ravens and Chiefs because the over-under on that is 55, and the majority of that could be put up by, by, the, by the Chiefs, but at the same time, again, we haven't seen the, the Ravens really be tested yet. So, you know, they again, they could continue to score the 25, 30 points they've been scoring, or they could score 10 and not hit that 55. That's a really high over-under. That's what the over-under was for the, the uh, um, Rams and Saints game this week, and they're both those teams have way better offenses. So... Um, not a confident one for me. The Bills and Bengals, uh, that's a the minus six for the Bills, over under 44. Uh, that one, I, I kind of actually am potentially looking at maybe, the again, the under for that one. Uh, the Bills have a really good defense. The Bengals, I, they haven't really been tested defensively yet. So uh, that one is maybe a potential for me uh, for the under on that one. Falcons and Colts, again, the minus, it's minus two for the Colts. I, I'm potentially looking at maybe doing the plus two for the Falcons. I could see the Falcons winning that one uh, on the road. So that, that might be one to look at for me. The over under is 47. That one actually might be an under for me too, just because of how the Colts have played ball. So I'll have to keep an eye on that one. I'm going to skip past the, the Vikings and Raiders. I'll never bet on the Vikings. Um, (laughs) Uh, the Jets and uh, Patriots over under 44 on that one. I kind of like the over for that one, just based off of what the the uh, the Patriots have been doing. I know the Jets defense, uh, like I mentioned, has has been good, um, but you know if that defense has to be on the field the entire game, they're going to get tired. That one I could see being 35-10 game, something like that, and that that over under could be covered there. I'm not going to touch the spread at 23 on that one. Um, not touching the Cowboys and Dolphins game over under 21 and a half or over under 47 and a half uh, spread is 21 and a half. I don't like that one. Um, the Bucks and the Giants, that one I could surprisingly have a bunch of points scored, but the over under is 48, so I don't feel confident in that. And again, minus six and a half for the Bucks. That the uh, the Giants, uh, the plus six and a half. I kind of like that one, like we talked about. So again, that might be one I go with. Uh, the Cardinals and Panthers, the spread is three. Um, for the Panthers, again, the Cardinals, uh, that one looks like maybe a one for me to bet on for that plus three. Over under 46, I don't want to touch that. Um, the Saints and Seahawks, uh, again, a weird one with Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not going to look at that one. Uh, the Texans and, and Chargers, uh, over under 47. That Again, that one could be a, a high point scoring game. Also could be really low. So that two wide range outcomes, minus three for the Chargers, may look at the plus three for the Texans in that one. Um, Niners and Steelers, again, wide range outcomes for that one with Mason Rudolph. Not going to touch that. The Browns and Rams, uh, I like the over under is 50 on that one. I kind of almost like the over for that. Um, I, I might go ahead with the over on that one. We'll see. And then the Bears and Redskins, over under 41 and a half. Um, and then the four and a half spread for the for the Redskins. I kind of like the under for that one, actually, uh, based off the defenses. So I, I might go with the under on that. So a few things I'm looking at. I'll have to keep an eye on it as the week goes on. Well, there you go. If you want to make some money, listen to this guy. He was six for seven in week one. We'll see what he does. Or sorry, in week two. We'll see what he does in week three. Those are Seth's bets. I wanna lick, 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 lick you. That's going to wrap us up for the week. But before we go... Of course, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. Seth, my one more thing has to do with quarterbacks in the NFL. We saw Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger go down with injuries this week, and it sounds like Eli Manning uh, has been replaced at starter for the Giants. Um, a lot of stuff here. Cam Newton goes down with an injury, and then we have guys like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, 
you know, absolutely lighting it up here. Kyler Murray is a guy that a lot of people are excited about. I think we're in an er a time right now where over the next, you know, say two, maybe three years, we're going to start fading out a lot of these veteran quarterbacks in favor of the new guard. And for most of our lifetimes, guys like Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, have been sort of the upper echelon of quarterbacks. Uh, I think we're seeing a bit of a changing of the guard. It may be early to say that, but I, I think it's a new style of quarterback, and, and some of these young guys are coming in ready to play. Uh, I think we're seeing, like I said, a changing of the guard uh, in quarterbacks, and I'm excited uh, to see what that looks like. What do you think here? You think some of these old guys are still going to run the show for a couple years, or, or are these young guys ready to, ready to start making it happen? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that we're seeing seeing the younger class come in. So it's interesting. It is really interesting because we are seeing a lot of these younger guys now come in pretty early on and, and be impactful very early on where, you know, in years past we've seen, you know, one or two guys do that, but now it's like four or five, six guys we're seeing do this. So it's interesting to see. And actually that's kind of, uh, to piggyback off that for the, the one more thing for me was Eli Manning. Uh, so realistically, we've probably seen his last game as a full-time starter in the NFL. I don't think he's going to go anywhere and, and be a starter, you know, just too old. But uh, he's a guy who, if, if this is his last game played, he's finished his career as an even 162 and 162. Mm -hmm. um, so he is even. But he's a he's a, a two-time Super Bowl winner, former MV, uh, Super Bowl MVP, um, and he's done a lot of great things for his franchise. Do you think he's a, a, a Hall of Fame quarterback? God, I think he is exactly the line. Uh, if you're better than Eli, I think you can be a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. If you're worse, I think you're not. I don't know on him because I'm not mm -hmm. a believer that winning a ring makes you a Hall of Famer. Brad Johnson has a right. ring. Um, right. You know, I, I don't think that the ring, if, if you take away the two rings, uh, people who love Michael Jordan will, will say, you can't do that. Take away the two rings from uh, Eli Manning. He's been very mediocre. I, I, I think to make an example of the fact that a ring does not, a uh, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback make. Uh, I have to say no on this. Um, so with with him as well, though, if you think about it, he uh, is a you know again even record, but he's he's a guy who does have. I mean, again, f uh, former Super Bowl MVP, which I know again one, that's one game you get that, but um, he he has put up a, a lot of numbers in his career and it's tough because he's had some really bad teams around him. So, I mean, I think his passer rating for his career, let me pull that, if I can pull that up really quick. I saw. Eli's career passer rating is only 84.1. Which actually is pretty good because I think the, the there's the, the game passer rating, which is like that 154, but I think it goes up to 100 for, or is that QBR? Um, I think QBR is 100. It says rate. I think this is out of the one fifty because he had one season where it was ninety two point four in two thousand eighteen, and he wasn't that close to hundred on QBR. I think this is okay. Rating. I do have his career numbers here. So his ten years as starter, he has uh, f almost fifty seven thousand passing yards, thirty three hundred sixty two passing touchdowns, and two hundred forty one interceptions. So overall, that's pretty good numbers. I mean, he had. Uh, uh, you know, over 120 more passing touchdowns and interceptions. So it's not that he, ever, you know, he had some bad seasons, but overall, some pretty good numbers he put up. Super two Super Bowl wins, two two times. So he won the Super Bowl MVP twice, um, and then he had 116 to 116, four-time Pro Bowler, and never missed a game at all due to injury. So 
uh, as sure as sure as you can get for for a, a QB. I personally think with looking at overall his numbers and the MVPs and the Super Bowl wins that he is a, a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. Um, I just think he was put on a really bad team, and those years they won the Super Bowl, they really didn't have much talent around him. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know, a lot of that was on his back. I, I I personally believe that he's a Super Bowl quarterback in my mind, or not Super Bowl, a Hall of Fame quarterback in my mind. Well, we shall see. We may not have to wait long to find out. 38 years old. He's older than I realized. He's been in the league a long mm-hmm. time. Uh, and never so missed a game. That is pretty impressive. Um, so Eli Manning, uh, hopefully, I, I would love to see Eli again, but he has been on the downslide the past couple seasons, so I won't be surprised if we don't. Uh, so potentially RIP to Eli's career. We'll see what Daniel Jones does this weekend. Uh, so it's all quarterbacks this week for one more thing. But I'm down to one more thing. And that's going to bring us to the end of our week two, week three uh, SoCo Sports Show. Again, don't forget, get in the pigskin, pick them. We'd love to pick against y'all. Hit the link in the description box to join. Uh, And if you have any problems joining, um, send me an email or something. But um, again, hit the link for uh, for all the timestamps and things. Uh, And reminder that we recorded this show on the 17th, so our betting lines may have changed by the time you've heard this show. So uh, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Let other people know uh, that we're doing the sports show and that they should listen along. So we'd love to grow the audience here. Uh, and But otherwise, uh, we'll be back next week to recap week three and preview week four. Uh, for the so-host, Seth Ott, I've been the co-host, Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye. And boom goes the dynamite.